Okay. So what really got me into the bodybuilding was like, kind of like a sense of like being lost. And I had a seven year bulimia that I fought. Um, so with that, uh, you just have to restructure and find something else to become like addicted to. So I fought that for a while and then believe it or not, like coming out of bodybuilding, um, we didn't have this, we didn't have social media, we didn't have everything that we have now. So I had like the Dallas AOL, <laughs> Google, all that stuff. And that's how I learned um, fitness magazines, the oxygen magazines, I started to get them um, while I worked at a local gym. And I wanted I liked how the girls looked, you know, like it was different. It wasn't Victoria's Secret. It was like outside the norm, you know, it didn't get a lot of good publicity back then, you know, we got looked at, you know, bad. But that's definitely one of the one things was, you know, trying to fix myself, make myself healthier um, while I was on house arrest. <laughs> so that's a whole nother story. But I made a goal to um, compete at a bodybuilding show the day that I was um, done. And I had talked to the probation officer and he allowed me to leave the state to do the show because I wasn't I wasn't that type of person. I wasn't in DUIs, you know, like because I was an alcoholic. It was just social get me away from my family, out of the house, bad things that were going on. I just wanted to be around friends. And I created this like massive addiction and it ended up being over obsessive for almost four hours a day um, of exercising, Tybo, you know, running, cardio, abs. Like it just got to be so crazy that I was all over the place. But that was, that was how I got started. So you mentioned that you had, um, you got into a little bit of, of trouble. Um, <laughs> And, and that kind of helped you out of it. That Do you think the trouble, if you wouldn't have gotten into trouble, do you think you would have gone down this road? You know what? That's funny because I just had this conversation just yesterday with one of my other trainers and it kind of made me tear up because I don't, I don't think I'd have any of this, you know, to be honest with you. I don't think I'd have one ounce of what I have. Um, I probably either would have been dead, killed somebody, or I would have died from either bulimia or a car accident, you know? So it's, I am a firm believer that, you know, everything happens for a reason and it's just, you have to like, take it with a grain of salt. Like it happened and you got to move forward with it, you know, take a negative, turn into a positive, get refocused. You know, if you keep dwelling and keep making excuses for why you're doing this or why you're doing that, or why you're at rock bottom, it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, yeah. you know, so I was just one of those people that just like kind of believed that this wasn't all I was worth, if that makes sense. What first caused you to have these body image issues? Uh, so I did, um, I did figure and I started off, you know, doing a couple of shows by myself. And then that's where I ended up meeting my fiance. And we did the first, you know, figure, true fit figure, you know, besides Googling bodybuilding um, with actually like a coach, you know, and it's just, I you had to switch that, that, like that one addiction, you know, into this addiction. So we did the figure it, it was okay, but it wasn't like enough to pull me away. So I would still be dabbling with over obsessive cardio or maybe binge eating or whatnot. So that's when we made the decision 2009, um, to actually move to women's bodybuilding. So I could teach my body that I needed to eat more food and it was okay for me to gain the weight. Cause I had a purpose. You know, so then I all of a sudden made that switch from women's, you know, I think it was the figure division back then, you know, into the woman's bodybuilding. So now I was making it okay for me to weigh 170 pounds, 180 pounds, knowing that I'm a bodybuilder. This is what we have to do. So it was just kind of like flipping a switch from one extreme to the other. So were you brought up in this kind of world where like were your parents bodybuilders? Surprisingly, no. But my my grandfather, um, he was in the Navy and uh, he 
when we grew up and we were little, I have so many pictures from my grandparents' house with me in those little two-piece outfits and I was flexing and I'm on their spin bike and he had a, a, a he had a bench set in the basement, you know, with the calendar girls on the wall and we were not allowed to go down there. But it was like, that's, I think was like my first, you know, step into it. And, you know, my dad has nothing to do with it, but my aunt was aerobic instructor. She teaches Zumba. She helps the seniors. So it's like, I got everything from that half of the family. We started, you started out doing these competitions. That wasn't where like the eating disorder came from, or or do you think it was? Okay. This is going to sound really crazy, but we grew up and now we grew up in a neighborhood and, uh, we babysat some kids because my mom, we just moved here and my mom wasn't fully working yet. So we babysat this family and this one, one of the kids was actually like a 300 pound guy. And it took him like, I guess, to say to me one day, you're getting a little chubby. And it was just, and why I took it from somebody like that to tell me that I, and that's what started it. That's what truly started it after that. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of women, girls um, that can relate to that. Sometimes it's just that one thing. I mean, I'll share a story quickly with you. I know this is your interview, but (laughs) um, I I have a thing with makeup. And it's because one time, one girl, uh, a friend of mine saw me without it. And she was like, wow, that's disappointing. Done. Oh, no. No, my life. No. <laughs> are you kidding me? You don't say that to a girl. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you know, and it, in today's world, though, it's so weird because, you know, I mean, I give speeches and I do things and I meet people at different venues and things like that. And the most common thing that I get is, wow, you're prettier in person. But it's the fact that because I think that so many people are using filters, you know, constantly on social media and we're we're falsifying who we are as a person and we're letting that dictate you know, what we see is okay. Yeah, I agree. Where do you, where do you, where do you talk? Cause I, I remember you said you, you go give encouraging speeches. Yeah. So right now, like we've been doing a lot with like, just, we do a lot of great consults with the people inside the gym. You know, we really help people understand the health and fitness side. This isn't like, it's not a cookie cutter thing, but we dissect and explain it, not in big terms, but how the body technically functions. And then we go to a local college that's here. It's BC3 College in Butler. And I speak in the sociology class about breaking the norms, you know, and we teach kids the same exact thing we just talked about was like, you know, growing up, I wasn't supposed to be a trainer. My mom thought I was going to be a bum. I wasn't going to make no money. Owning a gym was stupid. Everything that I wanted to do was not the life they planned for me. It wasn't the picket fence life. It wasn't the marriage and the kids and the job and go retire. I I did not see that. So I'm teaching these kids in school that even though somebody didn't believe in me, you know, or people make fun of me or comments are said on social media, I don't care. You know, so this is what this whole thing is to teach these kids, you know, in school that, you know, why are you here? Like, what is your passion? What is your purpose? And I'd say pretty much nine out of 10 times, we have a bunch of kids crying after class, you know, saying my mom wanted me to be a lawyer because they're a lawyer. I'm like, don't be a lawyer. That's not what you are meant to be. Your heart and soul is not going to be into it. So we were teaching them a lot of things like that. So it was, we did touch on bodybuilding, but we taught on the brought up of how I got to become who I am. And that's what helps a lot of other people because a lot of people are lost because we, again, we watch people on social media and there's never anything negative put on there. So everybody thinks everybody lives this happy life and, and it's not that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times people, it's hard to find a balance between not focusing on the negative, but then Mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of times people will hyper 
focus one way or the other, you know, when, you know, there is a nice middle ground. And so, um, would you say you're addicted to bodybuilding? I am. Um, but there is a part of me that's, that's going to be okay. Whenever I'm done and retired, I'm not saying that, you know, whenever I retire competitively that I'm ever going to stop bodybuilding, it's just, it's distilled in my blood. Um, and I think I know too much more of the significant health benefits from it than anything else. So it's, would I say I'm psycho about it? No, but I'm keeping my immune system up. I'm keeping myself from not being sick, not being in the hospital. Training is not dumb. You know, we do it within reason. And I just, I like, I love the whole sport of it. You know, we own a gym and we practice what we preach, but I think that, I mean, I never give up bodybuilding as a whole competitively. Yes. There's going to be a time where that happens, but as a whole, I would never maybe, you know, not go every single day you know, or take more rest period breaks and not be so lenient on the food and have to eat every three hours. But other than that, I I would definitely stay involved in it. What is, what does mealtime look like for you? So right now it's, I started with a new coach and we're, you know, still picking the pro show that we're going to do this year, but um, the meals are way bigger than what I've been doing as an off season. I've been doing things myself. So I kind of like was like, Oh, I wanted to eat that. And I wanted to eat that, but I did it within reason. And surprisingly, it's the first year ever out of a show that I'm only 13 pounds heavier than my stage. So we started working together and he's like, I know this is a lot more food. He's like, just hang in there. And I'll tell you what, my stomach was descended. You know, my, it was hurting. It just, it was a lot of food. And then I waited the whole week and I stepped on that scale, but you know, I'm going to gain 10 pounds. And I was the same weight. Wow. And I was eating twice as much food. And it was just, it's a really good balance of proteins, carbs, and vegetables and fats right now. Because when you start some type of prep, you have to have a big pot. You have to have a big pot full of a bunch of different things. Because if we eat so clean in the beginning, we can't diet on a diet. We're never going to get anywhere. So you literally, it's a process of elimination. You have to put other foods in there that you technically wouldn't eat into a show. So you have other things to pull and the body responds. So right now it's a little bit of everything. It's healthy foods, but it's a, it's a nice portion of everything. Okay. So, um, I was looking on your Instagram and I see that, you know, you have, um, some different like meal prep, uh, I guess companies that, Mm -hmm. that you work with. Do you have one that you could recommend to just like the public? I work with mega fit meals. They're my number one, you know, company that I do work with. I like them specifically. There is tons of other meal prep companies out there, but these ones have an actual tab. And this is my favorite tab of them all because it's a customized tab because a lot of them will say, okay, you can pick from these signature meals, but guess what? Those signature meals aren't literally what you require as a person. You know, there's maybe 200 grams of uh, carbs in there and five ounces of chicken that, that you don't need. So this customized tab, it is so cool. It breaks it down and says, okay, here's your protein. You get to pick from what ounce do you want? Here's your carbohydrates. What grams do you want? Here's your vegetables. What do you want there? And you can literally pick all your food. And then they also have, you know, breakfast, they have snacks, they have like, um, I think they're, they have the cupcakes and then the donuts and stuff like that too. So they have the nice sweets, but they have a good variety, but you can also customize your meal plan from them. And that's mega fit meals. Do you eat like, do you eat sweets? Do you eat cupcakes like that? Oh yeah. You do? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now that I'm in prep, no, those things kind of, you know, went along the wayside, but girl, I was at ice cream and frosties. And I, 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 I give my body different things. Like I just mentioned, because if I don't, it doesn't respond now too much sugar is not good, but if you do it occasionally, you know, it's enough to satisfy the taste buds and it's over. So what, okay. So I'm one of those people like 
when I do self-help, I buy the self-help books that like say, listen, Nikki James, I need you to do this and that and this and that in this amount. Like I need one teaspoon, four cups. You know, mm-hmm. what I, mean? I need a, I need a, I need to know specifically. Yeah. So going to the sugar thing because I'm a sugar holic, I would say I'm a chocoholic. I can't, I can't get it. Mm-hmm. What should I eat in a week? If I like, like what's too much? What, like, what would you suggest for just healthy? Yeah. I mean, if you want to get away with good sugar, that's coming from your fruits, uh-huh. you know, your, 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 your bananas and your apples and your pineapples and things like that. That is enough to give you that healthy run. You know, there is dark chocolate, you know, and things like that. You know, when you get into like that hard raw sugar from like cookies and I'm, I'm an ice cream person. Yeah. I feel that that it's not so much with the flour and the extra sugar and stuff. Yeah. It's dairy, but to me, I don't feel that it's as harsh, you know, but the, the sugar thing is like crack. (laughs) It's like when you keep eating it, you just keep getting addicted to it. So you've (laughs) got to push it off to the wayside or your body will crave it every day and you'll go through withdrawals from not having it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am. I definitely, I hit a wall sometimes and I'm like, oh, I know what'll fix it. Sugar. (laughs) Sugar. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, How does it feel to be you and walk in a gym? Now it's, I mean, it's, it's weird because like we own the gym and I am such a humble, you know, down low key person that I'll help anybody. You know, we had a couple of new members and I stop what I'm doing and I'm helping them do the machines and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm no different than you. I train five days a week. Um, I take two full rest days off, you know, training does get a little intense, you know, for me. And it does intimidate some people because it's, I'm not saying that they don't have what it takes, but into a sense that you're not doing what I do in terms of like my food, you're not staying on it like I am. So some people do get intimidated. You'll see some people put their shirts back on when you're training, but it's just, (laughs) I'm not doing it to do it that way, you know? But it's just, it's basically just saying yeah. you can do, do this too if you follow a meal plan, you know, and you, and your body likes consistency. So you can easily do what I'm doing, but a lot of people just don't, don't have that time, you know, no, to, to cook and all that stuff and prep. So you'd say it's the food, like not only just being in the gym and we'll talk about what being in the gym looks like for you, but you think the food and how you're cooking it is, is number one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause think about it this way. We could all, me and you and whoever else you want, let's just line them up in a row. Okay, we'll strip the skin off. We all have the same anatomy underneath the skin. So it's who chooses to put the proper nutrition in to make certain things pop. You know, you want, let's say your goal is this. Well, guess what? You can't go over this amount of calories. You know, you want to be a bodybuilder. Okay, we've got to jump that protein up. So each body is not like, it's not a cookie cutter diet where you can actually open up something and say, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Like we, it's a trial and error, but we need to figure out, does your body like fat? Does it like carbohydrates? You know, what type of body do you want? You know, back when I started, it was like, okay, T, open this magazine. Do you want to be a figure girl or a bodybuilder? Do you want to be big or small? Like that was my choices. You know, now I can have a girl walk up and I have a, a magazine sitting there. I'm like, okay, what would you like to look like? Bikini, wellness, figure, physique, or bodybuilding? You know, so, and and then that way, that diet and that style of training gets dictated to what you want that physique to type of look like. So do you actually, do you like mentor young women that want to do this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have, um, I have a bunch of online clients I have now. A lot of them have, you know, specific problems and needs, but I create a friendship with them. 
you know, I have a girl that was anorexic and she blows my mind away the progress that we made. Now it was hard. It was very, very hard in the beginning because she just didn't understand, but to see where her physique went, I could, I could cry. I mean, just because it's just, she finally just listened over the years and she can see it. You know, I have another girl that's has AFib and she was supposed to die. You know, she wasn't even allowed to lift at all. And I took her from a skinny figure competitor to now she's a bodybuilder, you know, going into national shows. You know, I have every walk of life. Everybody can think of, I work with a girl who has colitis right now. You know, I didn't think that, you know, maybe the meal plan would work for her, but I did a lot of research and now she went from like 170 down to 135, you know, so it's, and she looks like a totally different person, but it's, it's, I don't like a quantity. I like the quality. And I like to be able to dictate and help every single person to their specific needs. But yes, I do mentor a lot of people. When you say you don't like the quantity, what do you what do you mean by that? I don't want a million clients where I can't give everybody the exact same like time frame. Yeah, like I, I don't want to say, oh, the, this girl, yeah, she might not listen to me that much. Ah, she only get like five minutes. And you know that happens with so many coaches, you know, just because they don't. But each of mine have made such big improvements because I spend the time with them. Yeah. You know, and the ones that I, most of them I train online. I have a lot of people that I got pro just from online. Um, a lot of first place people. And then I have people fly in, you know, to train with me and we go over posing and things like that. Cause it, you got to have that whole package, Yeah. you know, but, and it's, if they had a bad day, it's, it's you not being a coach and screaming at them for it. You know, like you, you still can be stern, but you, you can get your point across, but that, that just, that I've had the, I've had those type of coaches and I'll tell you what, it puts you in a bad place. It yeah. really does. For someone just getting into it or looking to get into bodybuilding, a female, reach out to people and ask, you know, questions. Now I'm saying this in a different type of way, because there's going to be a lot of girls that don't respond because they are not how I am. They are not humble. They don't reach down and help somebody else up and teach them the fundamentals of the sport, you know, and, and I hate that for that, you know, people, especially that are pros that put themselves on these pedestals, they need to come down because like we were once an amateur too. So give the opportunities to these people. You know, I am doing two to three posing clinics already booked for February. I want to help people. I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I made on stage. My posing was horrible. We didn't have coaches. We didn't have posing clinics. We didn't have any of that, you know? So it's just like helping people out, like answering questions. I get it all the time, you know, or my coach won't respond. I'm like, then you need a new coach. You know what I mean? Sometimes, I mean, I wish I could take them all, but I can't. You know, and, and I try to just give a little bit of tips that I can to get them away from it or, you know, what whatever they need to do to put them kind of in the line that they need to be in. Yeah. Okay. So then I, I think about, I thought about your whole journey from where you came from and how you got it started. And when you started seeing progress and you started going to these competitions, what was it like for you to put yourself out there for that very first competition? How about even just signing up for it? What what was your motivation? Well, that was the very first one was coming off of house arrest. I was determined to prove to them that I am not who you think I am. Quit treating me like this type of person that you treat these people like out in these places. It's horrible. People make mistakes. You know, and I and I think that even a place like that, you know, they need to reevaluate how they speak to people because it's how they speak to people that can get them out of the trouble and they can set them on their ways. You know, luckily I was I had enough in me to say, you know, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to distract myself from all the negative that I did. And then I'm going to do these shows. Right. And I remember 
one of the shows, you know, the guy reached down and put his his hand on mine to pull me up on stage. And I was shaking so bad. I was so nervous. But I'll tell you what, I remember the song that I walked out to. Okay. <laughs> it was I'm Bringing Sexy Back by Jesse yeah. Timberlake. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> but I mean, I ended up winning because I was the only one in my class because shows were not anywhere near, you know, what they are today. There was nobody actually in the girls category. But yeah. Okay, so when you're midway through and you've won, you've won something. Like, let's talk about. Um, let me see your 2020 Chicago Pro Women's Bodybuilding um, competition. Uh, you won, and so, right? You hit a goal. Like you were telling mm -hmm. me, whenever you make a goal, you hit a goal, and this is something that you have become addictive, addicted to is mm -hmm. hitting goals. Yeah. So yep. once you hit that goal, how do you keep going? Like what, what's, what prevented you from stopping and relaxing? So going back to the very beginning, it was those three was, um, becoming a personal trainer, owning my own gym and earning my pro card. So all of those ended up happening. Uh, 2016 is when I earned that pro card and it was like, okay, you know, that goal was achieved, but now let's win a pro show, which I thought was completely unattainable. Like there was no way in hell I was going to win a pro show. So we did the first one and I ended up second out of like eight people, which kind of like that, that's what triggered me. Like, okay, you're good. You're good. You know, like you can do this. And actually my very first win was 2019 at the Norfolk Pro. And at that show win, my uh, fiance actually proposed to me on stage. And it was like a very <laughs> emotional night, day, whatever you want to call it. Um, they knew about it. They they knew that he was going to do it. And they he, he actually knew two seconds before I walked on the stage that I was winning. Um, so they told him like, Hey, when she's done giving her speech, she goes, what do you mean? What speech? <laughs> she's like, Oh, she's winning. So uh, that, that all went down, you know, and then we did the, then I was like, okay, we did not have the Olympia yet though. So that qualified me for our world championship rising Phoenix. And then we went into the 2020, you know, season with the Chicago pro. And this is when the Olympia comes back. You know, so now it was like, okay, you won your pro show, but that didn't do anything for you because you can't go to the Olympia. You can do Rising Phoenix, but it's still not the Olympia. So now it's like, okay, we're going to go win another one because I want to go to the Olympia. So then we did the 2021 that, and then we went to our very first Olympia. So then here we go again. You're like, okay, I hit another milestone marker. You know, what what do we do? And it was like, yeah, I didn't want to place how I wanted to place at the Olympia. So we got to do it again, you know, and it, that's, that's all it is. It's just, it's kind of like gambling. You know, bodybuilding yeah. is like gambling because once you get a little bit more ahead, you're just like, oh, but one more time, just one more time, you know, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like how open you're being with me about this. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, people are like, oh, you get addicted to this, you get addicted to that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's okay if you're putting it towards something that's healthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do you find your balance? Do you have to, do you have to like pull away? Do you have to like make it a point to pull away? Whew. Well, my days go really, my weeks, days, months, they go super fast. I am constantly busy. I'm constantly running around trying to, you know, manipulate the business, restructure the business. We'll be going on nine years this year for that. You know, I have online's in-house running that business, running my business, trying to prep, eat, do my cardio, do my training, do my routines and things like that. So it's, I think I've learned to just like, do not get so overwhelmed because like, you know, my fiance always taught me like, it'll be there you know, like do what you can today and whatever you don't get done today, it'll be there tomorrow. 
you know, so I think I was, I'm one of those people that I, I want it now. Like I, I always want to get stuff done now, but I have to slow down and just do what I can, you know, and then I'm one of those people, I'm sure you are too. You write a checklist and you start checking stuff off and you feel good, but then more just comes back. <laughs> so it's a never ending <laughs> yeah. checklist. It doesn't go away. What's your ultimate goal for bodybuilding? So when I like created this whole, you know, vision to myself, I had hoped to retire by the time I was 40 and I'll be 40 this year. So my, my goal, my ending goal, if I could say that I have one thing left would be to win the Olympia. And cause that's, you can't go any higher. I'd be even okay with one win and walking away if I had to, you know, it's just that that's that last ending goal. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I'm forever grateful because I've been there two times already. And that's, this is a place that people will dream about and never get to step foot on that stage. So I am forever thankful that that is, was even an opportunity for me there. Um, but it would be to, to win the Olympia and that would be my, my last final goal. And then kind of like, not like just kind of move on with bodybuilding, but it's just like, you know, grow my gym, expand my gym, focus on the business, give back, you know, I want to promote my own shows. I want to get to the other side of things, you know, share my story, finish the book, you know, and stuff like that. So you say, finish the book, you're writing a book. Yes. Yeah. I am like 45 pages in with a bunch of outline (laughs) of like spots. I knew I forgot this or forgot that. And it's just, it's kind of like, if you've watched this is us, you know, on, you know, TV, it's uh, everything that happened in my life. I could touch somebody, you know, it's not a, a very boring raw story. If you name it, it's happened to me. You know, I've been through it. There's some things I haven't told anybody yet, you know, and that will be in the book. Um, cause it's not something I'm proud of, or I want to talk about, but, uh, there's just, it's just, this whole book is just me, you know, and if I can help anybody get out of holes that they're in or encourage anybody, or, you know, if they've had the same issues I have, I want to be able to help, you know, somebody, you know, continue on with life the best they can. Yeah. You know, I, um, I think vulnerability is the only way to really reach somebody to be, to be okay with failing, you know, like mm-hmm. to be okay with not getting first mm-hmm. because it teaches you something. It gets the ball rolling. Like, I don't believe that failure should even be a word because it's like, nobody really fails. Like you can fail yourself, but failure isn't something that happens to you. It's something you choose. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I want to have people like, I love having people like you on my show because you have to overcome so many things, not just like for you specifically, not just physically, but mentally, you have to get into a whole headspace, don't you? Yep. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, failure is learning, you know, and if you don't fail, like we talked about earlier on, then I won't be here. You know, if I didn't make those mistakes, I wouldn't be here, you know, so you can't like, look at that as like, I'm a loser or I suck and I'm not good enough, you know, and this and that, and I'll never make it. You will. If you if you can vision something and you can see it already happening, it'll happen. But you have to believe in yourself and you have to already visualize, hey, I'm taking that trophy and or I'm earning that spot or I'm getting that promotion. You know, so you have to, like, believe that much that it is so visual in your brain and in your mind and that it'll happen. It's the self-doubt that kills people. Yeah. And so, you know yourself did you have you had a lot of self-doubt in the beginning mm-hmm. I did because there was no there's no support you know my 
my mom and dad would ran, ran around, you know, that, you know, my sister's going to be this teacher. My brother's going to be a cop and teach. I don't know what she's doing, <laughs> you know, because I was just I was in trouble. I was the rebel. I did everything that my parents told me not to do, you know, was kicked out of the house. I had domestic violations, arrested, DUI. I mean, everything that uh, that they didn't want in a child. I made sure I, I accomplished for that. Um, but I'm me and I'm one of the most successful ones, you know, there are. And I, if you don't make mistakes and learn, then. You know, like what? What are what are we here for? You know, if if, yeah. if I, I think life would be pretty boring. You know, I gave a speech in my um in my ten year class reunion, and when I walked in and people found out that I was speaking, I already got made fun of. Like, why is she doing it? What does she have to talk about? You know, and I started the speech off with like, you're at the entrance to like oh in woods, and you know this one over here is paved, this one over here has gravel, and this one over here has absolutely nothing. Which one would you choose as a person? Do you want the easy way, you know, or do you want to take a path that nobody else has done and make make a statement, you know, and become somebody? And most will choose that paved route. No one wants to trip on pebbles, you know, and nobody wants to climb through trees. But like everybody wants that easy way out. And to me, that's the most boring way through life is taking that that paved road. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I am. Um... I can see that about you, and I, I think I think you have a lot. Um, you, I bet you have some great stories. How many times have you done public speaking? I mean, we just do the college ones. I do a lot of podcasts and stuff, you know. And I've been um, just getting better. Like when I first started, of course, I was like, um, I'm um, every like two seconds and stuff like <laughs> that. And it was bad. I was like, I don't even watch those ones, you know, because you just don't know what to expect, you know. But I we. Um, I know my fiance wants to get into motivational speaking. It's just setting it up, um, creating an event, you know, and going, going through with it because we, we both um, have a lot to speak about, you know, within our stories. Um, they're very similar, you know, to a sense, you know, him and I, when we first met, we both lived at home with our parents and we didn't have nothing, nothing. We barely had anything in our pockets to do anything with, you know, and it's one of those ones where I say, you know, girls or guys, will look upon somebody that has money to pull them up out of the hole in security. But we saw more than that in each other where you can use bricks together, put them and mold them together, and then create your own empire together. So that's where we just brick by brick laid out what we wanted to do. And we both see the same vision. We both have the same drive. So it really worked out in the end. That's really, that's really, really nice to hear uh, that a lot of people will do that. And so that's mm -hmm. really nice. Um, so your fiance, he, do you guys meet in the, in the bodybuilding world? Like we did. Um, he's, he's part of the beginning part of the story because I worked at a local gym. He owned a local gym and I wanted to compete. So the guy that I was working with, he's like, you need to go see Jeff. He's the guru for all this. Like he'll, he'll walk you through this. Well, I went down, we went and did a consult like we do with all of our clients, you know, usually today. And that's where he was like, you need to eat. And this was in that kind of rehab of where I was bulimic. So I took the hell off. I ran and I didn't talk to him for seven years. I mean, we just, and then I waited on him at a restaurant because I had DUIs. I lost my job at a bar and had, I waited on him at a local Eaton Park and I said, Hey, I'm ready. So in 2008 is when we, you know, we got back together and we did the first show and we've kind of been together ever since. Wow. Well, congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Thank you. When is your next show? So we're like in a toss up right now. We wanted to kind of get things rolling ahead of time. 
I'm kind of eyeballing up like Toronto Pro. Um, if we end up a little bit on the quicker, easier side where where the body's responding, we may jump in New York Pro. Um, I want to do one pretty pretty close, so we have a good time in between. Now that the Olympia is in November, not December, and it's also in Florida, not in Vegas, so we now because there is no points, we do have to win a pro show in order to make it to the Olympia, which I've won three already. So I'm pretty you know confident that I can do I can do it again. How many do you, you have to win? One more to go. Well, I now because they used to have the top five at the Olympia would automatically get an invite back. Now they limited it to the top three. Well, I got seventh, so I have to requalify anyway. But in order to make it to the Olympia from 2023, the new rules where you have to win a show in order to go. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, can the general public go and watch this? Yeah, they can. They can watch it. Most of them now are pay-per-viewed live, live streamed, you know, so they can do that too. This one we're choosing to do just because it's a little bit, it's just right over the border. It's a quick, easy drive for us. It's four and a half. I don't have to worry about the flights. Um, so that's, we were kind of doing that. Uh, New York, we would also, we would drive too if we had to. It's, you're probably about eight hours from us, but yeah. it's, it's a little hectic over there. <laughs> no, I know. Would you, uh, have, have you ever considered um, doing any acting in movies? Like, like military movies or, you know, like something where your body type is utilized? Yeah, I mean, I I have. Um, I did take a few acting classes, and I'll tell you what, that is hard. That is so hard to like take your emotions, say cry right now. <laughs> like it's uh, it's that's a whole new. I mean, people take actors for granted. I mean, they really do. Um, I did one commercial for Mike's Hard Lemonade. Um, it is on YouTube still. Um, that was I was the lead role in that, so that was that was interesting. They hired me and told me I had to do yoga, and I said I don't do yoga, but. We'll work through it. It's, it's, it's a good commercial. It's funny. But I mean, I would I would love to. I mean, I did just like a few stuff with like the Nancy Monster casting and we were in like she's out of my league. You know, we didn't make certain cuts, you know, to the movies, but just yeah. did movie extras and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're you'd be a great character actress. I just say you. Yeah, you've got a really beautiful face. That, that's another thing. Let me let me ask you some hard questions before we go. Sure. OK, Um, let's get into how mean people can be on the internet. What, uh, what are some of the meanest things that you've heard and how have you dealt with that? So my, believe it or not, like right when this all started, I contacted the local paper um, in here, it's Butler Eagle. And my sister texts me right after I had shared this wonderful article that they wrote up. And she's like, I'm going to have a heart attack for what these people are saying about you. And what hurt me even more was the fact that they were people from my hometown. And it was just, it was gut-wrenching. It was rude. It was downright ignorant, you know, saying that I had um, four tits, you know, I must have not had a dad. So I tried to be one. Just, it was rude. And what people don't realize is you can hide behind a keyboard all you want, but you're hurting somebody, you know? And we, we talk about that all the time. Like you say, you know, you see a kid walking down the street who doesn't look very happy and you say, Hey, you know what? I really like your shirt. I really like your shoes. Well, he's going to continue to wear that shirt. And you don't know, he could have been ready to commit suicide that day. But you said something nice to him, you know, or you hold a door for somebody. Because if you hold a door for someone that starts the trickle effect and they'll do it the rest of the day and then then so forth. But when people did that, I, I was reading them. I was crying. I, I, I could not take it anymore. There was some on TikTok even like, for the love of God, I had to stop the comment. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And, and then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Have at it. 
because all my people that support me, they're just going to come right after you and they're going to comment back and target you. But then it's like, who are you? You are nobody better. I don't even know who you are, but you know who I am. You know, so you're, you're the one making the statement and I'm the one being talked about. So I just, I kind of just let it go anymore. In the beginning, yes, it was very hard. I was very emotional. I was a wreck with it. And then I started to just not care. How much do you sleep? Uh, Probably about like six, seven hours. I mean, when I'm out, I'm out. I mean, I'll I'll dream weird dreams. Like it does not take me long. Sometimes people would think, you know, oh, your brain doesn't shut off, you know, and because you got so much stuff going on, but I am actually opposite. I'm so exhausted. I have my head hits the pillow. I'm, I'm done. All right. How many times do you eat a day? Six. Right now it's six. Yeah. And that's including the pre and post. Okay. The pre and post workouts or. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Those are included as meals. They're not extra. So, you know, pre-workouts, usually meal two, post-workouts, usually three. Okay. Um, uh, What about exposure to the elements? Now I'm getting a little deep there, but you're so beautiful. Thank you. you're welcome do you stay out of the sunlight how do you keep oh Oh, god i don't i don't know we were those kids that like put baby oil on and laid on the trampoline (laughs) laid in the (laughs) pool like all year long because we were just addicted to that that dark skin but i'm I'm german russian so my skin tone is a little bit darker so i just do a maintenance in the tanning bed like you know two days a week and that's it but i do use like the vitamin c serums and i do use uh collagen face creams and things like that you know, just because the thing is, is as we get older, our skin gets drier. So it's just keeping it hydrated and moisturized and you can keep it looking much better. And instead of like, you know, we diet, you know, the main thing is, is like we, when you diet, you don't want to diet so hard that your face just gets completely sunken. And now we're going to get that diet face anyway, but there's other ways to like help it out, you know, so it's not as bad. What is your motto? So I, on one of my Jeep wheel tires, I got a cover for my, um, tire and it said, um, one life live it. And I think that that that's a very simple, short, you know, rule by everything, because a lot of us take things for granted. Tomorrow's not promised. Um, we don't want to, you know, just enjoy it. You know, don't say, I wish I would have, you know, by the time you're done, because it was like, once you hit a certain age, it is like turbocharged, you know, and, and it's over, you know, so enjoy the ride, you know, experience everything you possibly can and just live to the fullest, literally. Okay. All right. Um, is there, are there any uh, shout outs you want to give out before we head out? I mean, everybody, you know, that supports and has followed me for years. I mean, I have people that message me saying like, Hey, I know you're from MySpace days, which is showing my age. Cause I mean, they, this is how long they've been following me body space, you know, like things like that. But, um, my fiance for number one, like being there, you know, all the time, even when my parents like doubted me, he was the reason why, you know, I made it this far you know, with him and just all my sponsors that I have, I have so many, so many to list, but it's just, just the bodybuilding industry as a whole, people like yourself who give us a voice and an opportunity to speak and share our stories because without you guys, you know, we, we don't get to do that, you know? So it just, you're very much appreciated as well, but just any, anybody that supports the sport and, you know, the healthy lifestyle. How do you feel about um, men competing in women's um, sports? That, that, that it's a tough question because it's, again, it's no different than politics and sports. Um, but I don't agree with it, you know, and I, I will stick to my guns with that. I will not, if it comes to that point, I will not stand on, on stage with a man. It's, it's humanly unfair. 
Um, they have total different genetics than what we do. And that's not what I'm here to compete against. So if that time comes, then that's when I will retire because it's not fair. Um, we are only able to do so much and and keep a look that we're trying to look. If you got somebody crossing over, they don't give a shit how much stuff they take. So of course they're going to be bigger. They're going to look way different than us. And, you know, I see it now, you know, and I'm questioning some stuff now, you know, with some that are already in the division and it's, I'm not excited about it. You know, that's not what this sport's about. It's not fair, you know, it, whether it's bodybuilding, swimming track, whatever, you know, it's just whatever you is on that birth certificate is, is where you have, in my opinion, is where you need to place in, in a sport just because of the different hormones and the types of body genetic makeup that we have, it, it's, it's, it's unfair. Yeah. I think there should be a, like, if, if they want to compete, I don't think it should be men and women, women and men's and men's women. If you want to have like a neutral zone, yes. compete in that zone. Correct. Correct. I mean, I think that that might be a better idea, you know, on how to handle it because, you know, you can't discriminate and say, oh, you can't compete, but then you're going to have to open up a category for it. And they're just going to have to be openly accepted to say, hey, I am. This is who I am now, you know, yeah. and that's, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, I think that that's a, it's a good idea. I really do. Yeah. So you don't upset anybody and everybody exactly. in the sport. Exactly. Mm. Everybody gets a trophy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I really want to thank you um, for, t- for talking to me. And one more question that I have to ask. I have a friend of mine who's in France and he has a YouTube channel and he's always, lifting and he's really lean. And I called him up and I said, you know, I've got this amazing woman on my show today. What are some industry questions that I should ask? And he said, everybody is going to want to just know her view on steroids if you're in the industry. So last question. It's one of those things where um, women make the call, you know, make the call. There's a lot of male coaches out there. There's barely any female coaches out there. And if they are telling you that you need to go take X, Y, and Z, you need to go do your research again, try to talk to another female about it because I did a, a big, it was my, it was my own personal speaking after we were getting a lot of girls um, getting injured and, and dying, you know, from this. And it was um, called, there's a line, draw the line, you know, and don't, don't cross it. Once you cross it, you're not coming back, you know, and there's a lot of things that like a woman shouldn't be injecting or taking. And there's a lot of things that, you know, you can get away with to help control our hormonal imbalances. But on the on the flip side of it, there's just just make sure you know what you're doing when you do it and don't do it just because someone said to take something, you know, like question it. And if they are a good coach, they will accept the fact that you are rejecting to take something that they want you to take. You know, we we are here to be females. We are that's why I will stick to my guns. I am a female bodybuilder and I'm gonna keep that way. That's the look I've I've attained and I wanted for myself. So like it or not, this is what you're gonna get from me because I'm not I'm not gonna go overboard with it, you know. And I think that that's the most important part is just do you do your research and keep the numbers low. You know, if you want to dabble with some stuff, there's no reason for you to take astronomically high numbers. Right. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um Teresa, that was really nice. And uh, how can people follow you on social media and where would you rather have them go? Like, what's your platform you're working on right now? Um, I'm a little bit everywhere. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, which is T underscore IFBB Pro. Um, 
you search me, there's going to be stuff that comes up. I Googled myself one day and that was comical. But um, uh, my website is TeresaVancic.com and then TeresaVancic IPV Pro on YouTube. Um, same thing with TikTok, just TeresaVancic. I try to keep it all basically the same so everybody can follow me on each platform. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you. Um, what can we see next from you? What should we be watching for? Oh, man. Um, the documentary is supposed to be coming back in. Um, we filmed a lot at the Olympia this past year, and we're, we're not done. So um, that's getting shopped the networks. We're with Sony Productions right now. So we're just seeing if uh, they talked to HBO, HBO Max. Disney was interested in it. So there's a lot of, you know, talks with it, you know, to take it to the big mainstream. Again, this is something that it's talking about female bodybuilding, the feminine side to the sport, no more dark side stuff, like all limelight you know, just a, kind of like a day in a life. So we're going to be working on that. Um, we have meetings to try to really get this expansion, you know, going with the gym. Um, I'm hoping to get, you know, some people in to do more of, for my YouTube channel to get video footages out and anything that anybody wants to see from me, they can let me know and I'll, I'll get it to them. Awesome. That's wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you. I know you got to get going. I really appreciate you so much. And uh, thank I you so much. I appreciate your strength, both both uh, physically and mentally, and uh, I appreciate you being here and sharing everything you did. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.